folks, it's time for Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show about the crucial political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and the nation at large. Join us for a stimulating, thought-provoking discussion. You'll get the facts as we focus on the challenges facing everyone. Good morning, folks. Steve Williamson here. We actually have people in the studio. We've all had our shots and stuff. We have a Steve Segner, the big supporter of the show. He's the uh, is it chairman or president of the uh, of the hospitality council? President of the lodging council. Well, president of the lodging council. We is have a nonprofit. We have Al Camello, who's my candidate for mayor in no, two no, years. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, no. Mayor, mayor of my subdivision, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and and we have uh, Hava on on the telephone now. Usually Hava's in the studio, so we're going back to having people on on uh, doing a little bit more complicated type of shows. And um, what we want to talk to, uh, if you've listened to our other shows, we. We've had people opposed to almost all the developments proposed in the Verde Valley. And the truth is, I mean, you may not, I don't express my opinion sometimes, but some of them I, w- I agreed with and some of them I was not so sure about and, and I thought were sort of iffy. So I, I, I was telling Steve and Al and Hava before the show that, that in my heart, I don't want any more development in the Verde Valley. And and when we we had the huge drop in tourists, I thought, although I'm in favor of tourism and I understand it supports Sedona completely, I don't like having them here. I'd rather have them not here, although they're not doing anything wrong. So I wanted to give you some stats, which is the problem that we face or an element of it. And then we'll throw the show over to these guys in Hava. Um, Phoenix is now the fifth largest city in the country, past Philadelphia. The town itself has 1.63 million people. It's bigger than Denver. It's bigger than San Diego, so forth and so on. The metro area, 4,700,000 people, and that's probably a low figure from back. Phoenix has basically 5 million people, and it's expected to double in size, the metro area, by 2040. It has the largest increase of any city in the U.S., although there's a debate about the data, and I went back and forth looking at all the stats, and and some people say yes, and some people say Buckeye is growing faster, uh, but it's one of the fastest-growing cities. It's growing faster now than it was, I think, but between 2010 and 2019, it added 234,000 people. So it is a faster-growing metro area, and we're not that far from it. Al? Absolutely right. And uh, I have to admit, at the start of this discussion, I'm biased. I'm, I'm supportive of almost all progressive uh, um, issues and initiatives being taken by local and federal government, you know, a lot of the stuff that Mr. President Biden is uh, pursuing. But there is a side of me that will make me sound like a really strong conservative, and that is I'm extremely, I'm very supportive of business 
And I have a different slant on what I think a developer is to our society and our culture. And that's because of my background back in St. Louis, where um, I used to sell new homes. So I used to be involved with consumers and building their dream house. And, and I became very empathetic with that process. Uh, eventually, I went to work for an advertising agency because uh, that were some of their clients were uh, developers. Then what do you know? I become the real estate editor of the St. Louis Globe Democrat, which at the time was a $300,000 daily newspaper. And all of a sudden I had linkage with all of the development community and the builders and the big real estate companies. And, and I started getting educated little by little as to what the world was all about. After I left the newspaper as a journalist, I started my own ad agency where all my clients, with few exceptions, were developers and builders. And this is St. Louis from the uh, late 80s into the 90s, where it was evolving and growing into the farther out into the rural areas of St. Charles County, where I would work with developers who would acquire land that would be a farm, had been a farm maybe in somebody's family for 100 years. And uh, they would come up with a dream idea of what they wanted that farm to become, and it would become a new community. In some cases, just a subdivision. In other cases, actual cities with all the elements of a community, uh, you know, parks, school sites, commercial, uh, all different kinds of housing. And I would see them go through the process of dealing with local public officials and zoning people, and they would have to explain and rationalize what they wanted to do, and then there'd be the the give and take until the process was completed and the project would be approved and it would go on to be built. Never was the project not approved. It's just that it would be approved somewhat differently than maybe what the developer originally wanted. So what about our situation here in the Verde Valley, Al? Because St. Well, Louis, the, the process know, has got tons and tons of land all no, around. It's you, open. You, you're correct. But the process is the same. Cities really don't um, cause development uh, unless they maybe install infrastructure that encourages development, like a road into a particular area or new sewers. Develop, uh, to me, the city is the referee of the initiatives of, of developers. And the developers are um, partnering with landowners to say, okay, I will buy your land. Let's see if we can do this. Now, I know some people think that developers are um, uh, greedy and, uh, and that they have uh, only their own profits in mind. But I never met somebody in that business that wasn't proud of what they were doing to the extent that they were trying to create something that reflected their own uh, personality. It wasn't just about making money, which, by the way, everybody in business is out to make money in some form or another. So here in the Verde Valley, the actual facts about the Verde Valley does not size up with all the fears that are being projected by small groups of people that have organized to be anti-growth in the Verde Valley. Al, speaking to that, I, I agree 100%. I think what's happening is there's an exceptionalism in the Verde Valley in rural areas. All communities were rural at one time. All communities were zoned rural at one time. And little by little, the zoning changes. A prime example is the village of Oak Creek. The logical place to put new um, hotels was in the village. 
not up Jack's Canyon or not halfway between Sedona and there. You core them together where people can walk and have dinner, and uh, it's it's the logical place. But the NIMBYs just don't want things in their own backyard. Now, all of, all of uh, Phoenix grew out of cotton fields and out of desert. Uh, the Verde Valley is, is bigger. Well, Prescott and Yavapai County is bigger than Connecticut. It's a huge area. Connecticut would have probably 30 or 40 county districts to manage things. We have a county that's as big as a state. Uh, it's going to grow. It's 100 miles from one of the fastest growing regions in the world. But what's happening is we're getting people that think that we are an exception. We shouldn't uh, be like those other people. We shouldn't have people coming to us. The problem we have in the Verde Valley, we have an aging clientele. The people living here are 50 plus. We, we do not have enough young people. Who's going to take care of the older people? Where are they going to live? We need medium price and low income housing. And that's only going to be done by developers coming in and developing. Some will be mobile homes. Some will be million dollar homes. Some will be, I hope the, the cities get involved and put in some workforce housing. But we are in desperate need. What we tend to do is fight every single um, development one-on-one. A prime example today on, on Facebook, somebody posted, the city doesn't care. They said the city doesn't care about its citizens. Uh, there's a project going up on Jordan Road. There, you know, the city's against the citizens. It hasn't even gone to PNZ. It hasn't even gone to the city council yet. The city hasn't even acted on it yet, but people are criticizing the city. We, we, we've got to stop being so negative. As I bike around Sedona, there's a tremendous amount of infill. Infill is when you build inside mm-hmm. a city, not out on the edges. And there's a tremendous amount of infill, tiny little houses or big houses going in all over the place. Uh, so the, it, the irony, of course, in Sedona, which we'll get to later, is that you have more housing being built and you have fewer people here when they count the population because of Airbnbs. But... I, I hear you guys. Let's take the example of what they're calling the Patel Hotel uh, along right. VOC, which you're referring to. So that's one of the issues. And we had the, we had the people there who are very much opposed to it. They don't want any more hotels. But they in, don't get to VOC. decide that issue just because they don't want a hotel. There probably isn't a piece of land in the Verde Valley more appropriate for a hotel than that corner. Exactly. That's the first piece of commercial real estate that could have had a hotel that you'll see as you drive in off of 17, which is the primary route of tourism. So if you're just thinking in terms of um, what's logical, that was never going to be houses. It might have been old zoning that was residential uh, 50 years ago. So what we have it was folks, always going to be a hotel or a shopping center or something. Okay, so we have something that's zoned one way. But meantime, the entire corridor along uh, VOC in VOC has built up with hotels and, mm-hmm. and other commercial businesses. So even though the zoning was one thing, uh, nobody's going to build a house on that corner. No. I mean, you know, who would who would ever do yeah. that? So it has to be something commercial. But I, I will tell you, there's tremendous opposition in the area. I don't think it's just a few people. I know you guys are. But, but, but no, no, that's okay. No, and, and I lived in the village for 16 years, and I understand the NIMBY instinct that says, 
I think that's a great idea, but over there, not here. And I understand why there were so many people against the hotel, because they saw the other big hotel, the Element Built, and they th- thought that this is the future of, of um, uh, VOC. There really isn't that much land available for um, big hotels anyway in, in the VOC. But Did you guys follow that closely, the, the whole process of the Patel? Absolutely. Yes, I did. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Now, and the if, neighborhood, if, neighborhood having to sue... Uh, you know, now having to sue for their violation of CCNRs. It's not a very right. But it doesn't matter. We don't the CCNRs. Hey, wait, now let's have one person at a time. Hava, give your, give your point of view against that hotel. Oh, that had so many issues. You know, we looked into fire and, and they said, well, that's not really an issue. There were a lot of issues that just kind of got rushed over in the uh, but Hava, fire is never an issue. Uh, you can't stop building because, quote-unquote, it might be a fire issue. Those are issues that the local bring up that they don't like. But under PNZ and under state rules, they can only look at zoning. Even even when you talk about CC&Rs, CC&Rs are secondary to zoning. Um, and, and, and if, the they, zoning, and Hava, if they'd have gone to court, property, they'd have lost. Oh, wait, wait a minute, Hava. Okay. They they, 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 they would have gone to court. They would have lost big time. Okay, Hava. They're going to court still. They're, they're going to court now. They're raising money to sue uh, to the violation of CCNRs, and that was always going to be uh, an issue if it got uh, ex- or not uh, accepted but, but passed. The, but the- uh, the, the rezoning and the, and the rebuilding. I mean, that's, that's, that's a whole other show what's going no, on right now. No, it is a whole other show, but it is, it is pertinent to the subject. And yeah. if the county had said no to the property owners on building the hotel at all, much less two-story or three-story, um, the, the owners of the property were going to go to court, and the court would have supported um, um, the county being reasonable with them on a zoning change. And th- when it comes to the CCNRs, CCNRs are not in um, granite. They can be overturned by the courts themselves. And just because the CCNRs have a, um, uh, a constituency of the 2,400 lots that are the Village of Oak Creek Homeowners Association, it doesn't mean that the individuals who live there can get to decide. Um, they have a board of directors that makes the final decision. And so that's where the politics of that particular community And, and the board of directors voted against it they're they're actually suing against their own board yeah well let's let's yep. pull back and take a let's take a view from a, a a thousand miles above and look down if you're planning a county you're going to have core areas where you're going to have hotels and restaurants and supermarkets and you're going to have areas that are going to be rural and you're going to have areas that have high density homes and you're going to have areas that are going to have apartments now that's kind of looking down if you were planning this this city but as you get closer nobody wants that hotel next to their house or nobody wants that apartment next to their house that that's all across america so what happens is government has rules to say look at um, this is how we're going to do it. What Yavapai County doesn't have, and we should talk about, they don't have a master plan. So what happens is everybody comes up, wants to do something, and everybody fights it. 
But the county really should come in and do some studies and start laying it out saying, okay, the village of Oak Creek is a core area. What do core areas have? Sedona is a core area. Now, are we going to have another core area between here and Cottonwood? I don't know. But that should be thought out ahead of time, and it guides it. Guides it. But what's happening, we're doing it piecemeal right now. So everybody comes up when they were going to put in the trailer up camp. I didn't think it was an appropriate area, but they said, well, it's a fire danger. Well, anything you do here is a fire area. Any home you build could be a fire hazard. Those those aren't the way to go. We need a master plan. Well, each community also, too, is in process of um, redoing their community plans, which will obviously uh, be helpful when we look at each you know, district and how it grows. They get to decide for themselves. I think most county or uh, districts are in the process of doing that now, yeah? Community plans. So we're fighting about one hotel. What about a huge development uh, like Spring Creek? 260 acres, uh, hundreds of different homes, and so well, forth. Well, on that note, does it fit into their community plan? You know, that's. Well, it'll be up to the city of Cottonwood and their city planning and their standards to decide how that developer, as they come forward with a development plan, which I believe will be uniquely different than whatever they've seen in the past. But it will be some sort of a master plan community, not a a couple hundred houses, but it will be something that makes sense for the developer and their desire to build something that is successful and at the same time it'll be something that the city of cottonwood has to form a judgment originally the proposal along spring creek and if you folks have been down there it's a beautiful area it is actually a spring fed creek they wanted to build 1900 manufactured homes 400 rv spaces plus a bunch of other stuff the people in the local area were very very much opposed to it we had them on several times the people who live in cornville that are, that are near the area. It, no, so no, what no, happened wait, was wait, that... Cornville's not near the area. Let's be specific. Well, it's, pretty, it's, no, it's a postal address. It's, That's it's all postal it is. It's a postal address. It's not even... It's not even in... No, it's not close at all. What happened, you had... NIMBYs who don't want any development picking on that. Now, it wasn't a good development. I'll agree with you. And I don't like what they were doing. And and Al and I have talked to her a lot. And we've got it turned around, I think, and it's got it smaller, more focused. And people may not like it still. But the point is she owns the land. She has a right to develop it. Now, what we want to do is develop it in a way the community thinks it's a good idea. Okay, that's what we're trying for. But Cornville has no input. It's going to have no input whatsoever on Cornville. Cornville is right across the creek from where they want to put in the development. That miles, area has miles, miles, no, it's miles away. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, let's put it this. Let's put it this way. So there's a proposal for this giant uh, area to be developed. It's private property. The local people, as far as I can tell, were very much opposed to it. People in Sedona very much opposed to it. So what happened is Cottonwood did this weird gerrymandering mm-hmm. thing that came out in a little narrow strip, included that area, I suppose because they wanted to get the revenue for it. So it's now controlled the, – the control of how it developed is now in Cottonwood's hands, right? Well, you remember, now, Cottonwood won't get any revenue from it because it's a, uh, all the taxes go to the county. Now, why Cottonwood did it, I don't quite understand, but it's in Cottonwood. Well, the annexation was part of this process. Yeah? I understand, but when you annex, you, cities, when they annex, they usually annex 
car dealerships, okay? They want to annex commercial areas. You want to annex cotton, the village of Oak Creek. Why? Those hotels are producing thousands and thousands of dollars of income, okay? Sedona is supported by bed tax and sales tax. So they don't get anything by getting Spring Creek, except they can develop it the way they want. But let me ask you a simple question. What if Enchantment came along today and said, we're going to build Enchantment back up in the canyon and build the whole thing they have right now? It would be fought over fire. It would be fought over traffic. It would be, it would be killed. So some good developments and things have happened in the past that we won't allow to happen now. What if Springs Creek was to turn into an Enchantment? Low, low dent, lower density. People could go down there and enjoy it. They had walking paths. They had archery paths. They had a horseback riding. Or are we just going to fight everything? Hava, you, you know, want to come in? We, we don't fight everything. We have to look at you know projects like this. Developers. Let, I'll, I'll back up and uh, bring up Lisa Borowski again. You know, when I spoke with her about this Spring Creek back uh, you know last year, the reason they decided to do the project that they first envisioned was because one of the realtors said, you know how you could make the most money on this land? So it wasn't about figuring out how it fit into the community. There hasn't been much um, working with the community, and I have with them. I've spent time with them. It really always comes down to the dollar. And when we're not looking at, and this is, maybe you guys, we can dive into this one because this is super important. One that I go, why can't we look at this? When you look at things coming before the county, they cannot talk about water when they talk about development. Why is that? This is number one, and state it's law. never talked about. And it's super it's important. It's a state law, Ava. I know, they, they, is, they can't no, talk I, about water. They can't talk about the look of the project. They can't talk about anything except zoning and what the zoning allows for that property. Now, when you upzone, it gives the county or the city a chance to have some input. But if you're not going to upzone, the city and county has no input whatsoever. The free ownership of the land means I can I can do what I want with my land. And just because the neighbor doesn't like it or doesn't fit with the area it makes no difference people always say how do they allow that ugly building to be built they don't have zoning and ugly it's the two yeah, are separate I know. This is, yeah this is this is really where it kind of the rubber meets the road you know but, where you but, have people coming like the like the Patels not listening to what the community says. Well, but the community doesn't have input on what, what it looks. Have a, the community has no right to have any input on what the Patels build. The county determines it by zoning. The people in, uh, in up here think they have more power than they have and more input. The input comes from zoning, period. So, Hava, let's go to you for a minute. It's not about a matter of whether or not it it should it's going to be, but it's really about when you're looking at a small town. It's very interesting to me to see how people can come in, developers or builders, and just really don't care what the community wants. It's really for me an issue that's obviously not going to get covered here. But but the community would have been against anything on that property because that's the nature of, of of NIMBY thinking. I don't agree. I don't agree. I What's don't agree. wrong with that building? It's a beautiful building. Well, they thought to make it a three-story, they kept pushing and pushing the height. And what would have been so wrong they, with that? It doesn't block any views from any homes. So the people behind that hotel that have fought for 
over a year have no say. It doesn't bother no, them. No, they don't because no, because under state law, under state law, the, the the neighbors, there is no law about blocking views. You have to follow the development laws of the state of Arizona, and they did. And it occurs to me that right uh, now they have to sue because they're in violations of a height restriction within the CCNR. Uh, it, so it occurs to me that to the fact. It. That is state law doesn't mean it's right. The fact that you can't yep. consider water when you're building th- these huge developments, yep. that's not yep. right. That's yep. just state law run by a very, very conservative uh, Republican majority that sets these rules. And that doesn't mean it's right. I, I'm sure Steve is correct about the law, but, but uh, communities all over the world, have some control over what gets built in, and in their area. And you do. It's called P&Z. You have a P&Z uh, in the county. If the village of Oak Creek had incorporated 30 years ago, <clears throat> I'm sure some of these development projects over the last 30 years would have <clears throat> turned out differently because the they would have been closer to the issue and it would have been easier for them to take the sentiment of the local community and, and bring it into the planning and zoning process. But here's some facts. The Verde Valley is 714 square miles. The city of Sedona is 19 square miles. Half of that is Forest Service. Yavapai County is 8,000 square miles. Remember, 714 square miles of it is, um, is the Verde Valley. We have five supervisors that are responsible for the uh, government issues involving that 8,000 square miles. So they were expected to look at the village of Oak Creek and treat it uniquely different because the people in the village had opinions that were different than, let's say, what the developer wanted. But they have to judge everything based on equality and uniformity. They can't treat VOC any different than they treat mayor or any other area of the county because that's the way the the system is designed. I think the mistake that uh, the village of Oak Creek did with either one not becoming part of Sedona or two not incorporating themselves where they'd have much more control over what happened. If you just leave it to the county, if you don't incorporate, people think that that these rules that the the association set up, they're not law. No. No, yeah. and that's the problem. So if you if you don't incorporate, you lose control of how things develop. But I don't think that, I'm not saying necessarily it's developed really badly in the village of Oak Creek. It looks pretty good. But once you decide that you don't want to pay taxes to have a city government, then you end up with the county, which is divided in as as Al saying in all these districts, only one of which you're in. The other four supervisors are from somewhere else. Yep. Yavapai County is twice the size of New Jersey, a state. It's 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 bigger than uh, uh, Missouri, I think. Well, yeah. well, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. But but but, but here's something. Let's just let's leave the village just for a second in our thoughts. Uh, the Verde Valley, the entire uh, eight hundred um, seven hundred and fourteen square miles, eighty uh, percent of it is national forest right now. And for all likelihood, at least in our lifetime, it'll probably stay national forest. And 
there's about 20 square miles of that 700 square, uh, square miles that is state trust land. Most of it is um, closer to Cottonwood. Explain uh, state trust land. There's a huge amount, folks, of state well, trust land between I, here and Cottonwood, particularly as you get close to Cottonwood. State trust land is not national forest. People often mistake. Actual citizens mistake uh, state trust land, which is not protected from national forests. It is. There have been attempts in the past to set aside state trust land, a section of it, of sensitive areas for environmental, and they've always lost. State trust lands are set up to be developed, and that money goes to the school systems. So they are, they are designed to be developed, not undeveloped. So the attempt to carve out environmental areas in state uh, trust land has failed politically. That doesn't mean necessarily that it was wrong. Al? Well, I was just going to say, um, so there's 20 square miles. Uh, uh, you know, it, I mean, that's, that's, that's a big piece of land. It could probably support 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 people if it was built as a city. You know, someday it will be developed. Probably not in our lifetime because economically there's no incentive to even think that way. But a big developer, a Dell Web type, will come in and write a check for $100 million and give it to the state. And, and now that it's in wrap, the city of Cottonwood wraps around it, then the city of Cottonwood will say, okay, this will have to be part of the city of Cottonwood. And they will be involved in the master planning and the zoning of that, which, by the way, I think is the main incentive on why they wanted to annex Spring Creek was to create a future dynamic for the um, um, what do you call it for the state trust. As it stands right now, only 17 percent of the Verde Valley is privately owned. So. Everybody thinks that we're going to turn into Prescott Valley, which has doubled in population in the last 20 years, or the or Phoenix and Glendale or whatever. But by and large, if all the pro- land that, that could be developed was developed in the Verde Valley, including the state trust land, we would still have 80% of it undevelopable as state as uh, national forest. And on top of that. What would be the population of the Verde Valley then? 150,000 maybe? 270,000 now. Yeah, right. right. 150, 200,000. It isn't going to turn out to be a million people. If the entire Verde Valley was privately owned, it could be a million people. But that doesn't seem to be in the I, way I it's designed. I think doubling the population is not something I want to see. No, no. But, but then let, again, but let, yeah. let's hold on a second. It's going to double. And here's why. We're going to double the population by 2040. We keep having children. People think of their self right now in their environment at this moment. Government's job is to look forward 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And we are going to be doubling the population of America. We, we, we need homes. Uh, it's going to happen. We are, like we mentioned, we're 100 miles from one of the fastest growing places in America. People are moving here. And the people who are moving to Arizona are 30-year-olds. Okay, the population is changing. We're 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 losing our 90 year olds that live in uh, in uh, retirement homes. We're becoming more liberal, more younger. They want better schools and they want housing. And with people being able to work from home now, they're going to be able to move up to an area like this, live in a nice area and work. So we we're going to have to have homes. And Al was right. If a Dell Webb comes and they will. Uh, they're going to build homes here. There's almost 2,000 units that are pre-approved in Cottonwood now for houses. 
2000. We're talking about infill in Cottonwood as yes. currently. Well, no, no 80, uh, 89 and Vine. 89 and Vine, right there at the corner of Cornville Road. And 89A is zoned for over 2,000 homes, and it's called 89 Vine. It's right. by the same developer right. as Verde Santa Fe. Okay. That's across from Verde Santa Fe. Yeah, but the it's the same company. Okay. and But we're talking about even more land is available if state land is available, state trust land is available as a huge chunk, big square chunk right north of Cottonwood, right? Absolutely. And what's going to happen when Spring Creek gets developed, and it will, in some form. Now, we hope in a nice form. We hope in a low-impact form. But it'll be, it'll be developed. The state land right next to it will become valuable, much more valuable. And, and somebody will come in and develop it. That's just what's going to happen. Okay. Hava, you've got thoughts on this? You've heard these uh, uh, gentlemen? Yeah, and Steve. well, you know, I again, number one for me, my concern is water. And, uh, you know, I've talked to Donna about whether or not this can be in the purview of the county. And, you know, so that's something to consider. By, by the way, uh, Donna, we had a meeting uh, a week ago with all the mayors and all the city managers. We all got together and we talked on housing in the Verde Valley. Donna didn't attend the meeting. She was the only representative from the Verde Valley that was not there. So... Donna has always worked in the past for developers. You know, before she ran, she worked for developers. So this this anti-development attitude I find interesting. I'm not talking about anti-development. I'm talking about one issue. We're talking about water. I just wanted to touch on that, that when we look at you brought up Spring Creek, that it's going to be developed. So I'd like to see us talking about water in the future. I know that's a whole... Well, but Spring know, Creek has its own water you. source. It has its own sewer source, and, it, and it's a spring. So water is plentiful there and right next to it. And the Verde Depends Aquifer... Depends on what they build. Depends well, no, but no, no, they've done their studies. I, I've seen their geological, ge- geographic and geological studies. They have... Abundance of water because they are one of the few places in the state that has a spring. Well, not just that, but the the spring is. And I wish that was the case with everything that's being developed. So, you know, I was asked my thoughts, and for me, a big one in the Verde Valley is water. So I really would like to see us discussing water, however that works. And if we could spend some time, because really we're overlooking one of the most major issues for people in Sedona, and we're talking about not being able to find employees is what do we do about affordable housing? We have two, you know, we, I'm sure you guys saw that we have uh, two community plan amendments coming up, Jordan Lofts and, and a parking garage. Where is our affordable housing? Why are we not looking at what we can do to bring in families, uh, bring in kids, and bring in employees to Sedona rather than continuing to build hotels? Okay, okay Haver, can I answer yeah. that? Yeah. I've been on that committee for 14 years. They had a meeting two weeks ago on affordable housing. Every single mayor was there and every single um, city manager was there. We had a two-hour meeting uh, on affordable housing. Oh, Trouble is, you, let me finish. The thing is, you can't build an affordable house in the Verde Valley. I'm building a 1,000-square-foot unit for an employee. I own the land. The unit for 1,000 square feet is going to cost me $400,000. And I've agreed to rent it back under state regulations and county regulations for $1,200 a month for 10 years. Okay, um, it, It's a really hard problem. And unless the city and the counties 
do something with the land they own and take the land out of the cost of housing, we're never going to get affordable housing. I'm with you. I go to affordable housing meetings. I've been working on affordable housing plans. So has the city. The city's trying to hire an affordable housing director, and guess what? They can't find housing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's ironic, but true. Al, did you? Yep, yep. Al, do you want to come in on this now, or are you? Well, no, I. There's a lot to unpack. I will say that, that that what what Steve is alluding to this is if you if a city has to buy the land for affordable housing, it's almost impossible to do in our situation. I have a friend who did affordable housing in Albuquerque. They had huge areas of sort of abandoned area along old tracks and stuff. They were able to build. Ken was able to build really beautiful stuff. That's because he got free land to build it on. And that's even well, in, in, in New York City when they're building affordable housing and they built a ton of it, it's because whole areas, frankly, had been abandoned, had been burned down, and then the land was worthless, the city took it over, and then they could afford to do something. I think the problem, Hava, is the expense of the land here and the lack of availability of it. We, we do have an option down the line, and the city's going to have to come around at some point, but we have 200 acres at the Dells owned by the city. Mm-hmm. Now, if that land was to put back for housing, not just affordable, uh, but if you had a good mix, and you do need a mix. You don't want to just put one type of housing in some place. But if you were to do it on a dollar a year land lease, you take the cost of the land out of it, and then you come in, you can afford to start building. And that's why the city wants to get a director for housing, because he can start looking at how to coordinate this. The city does have land in the city that can be used for housing. And, and what the, about rezoning some of that land? Well, the, you know, I've got friends. Well, but then the NIMBYs will show up the, and the stop show. it. Anytime you say low-income housing or apartment in Sedona, like the Jordan Road property, I agree the density is way, way too much. And I've worked yeah. on this. Okay, If we cut that density to 50%, we make it look like a, a garden. We put trails in the back of it. And we have a plan we've drawn up to, to submit to show people how it can be done. I can guarantee you, Hava, they will still fight it. Yeah, well, there'll always be people fighting. Yep. Uh, Al, did you want to come in on this? Well, I think that's the political reality that governments have to live with, is that sometimes they're going to have to make decisions and not hear the people yelling at them and take the chance that – if that means they don't get reelected, so be it. So be it. Because well, sometimes really you have to make a decision up. for the larger good. Yeah, that's a really interesting point you you bring up about listening to constituents, listening to the community. Because all of the meetings that I've sat in in the last couple few years, there's lots of talk about even from commissioners, from um, supervisors. We're listening. We're listening. You know, over in uh, Cornville where they ran off off Molly and her nature of wild work completely misunderstanding the project, all based on community input. So you've got this, yes, we're listening to you and we're acting upon your wishes, and then you have, well, we can't act upon your wishes in this situation, in this situation. So it's very interesting when it's not just, you know, here are the words and we're going to say yes or no to them. There's community involvement, and commissioners and supervisors have made it clear that they are and they're not listening. It's very interesting. Well, it, 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 you'd have to f- 
stand in their shoes to see what it's like to be in this uh, contrary position where you have to you have to make a decision something's going to happen and if the law is on the side of one decision and uh, wishful thinking and is on the the other side um you, you want to balance both but in the end you got to be practical. You you have to go with what's going to uh, hold up in the courts if you're going to be challenged, and most importantly, um, what is good for the overall community. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can all pick on the the hotel in the village or Spring Creek, but when I look at the Verde Valley collectively, uh, we talked about 89 and Vine, 2,000 houses. Uh, Spring Creek will be developed in something. The cultural parks, 44 acres right here in Sedona, that will get developed. And you know what? It'll probably have a convention hotel part of it because that's been envisioned in the CFA. Uh, the Biddle property down here in the center of Sedona will get developed, and it will probably be apartments in a hotel. And the, in Uptown, there's property on the other side of the Arts Center. That's probably going to get developed, and it will probably be hotels yep. and – Two projects. Yeah, right, hotels yeah. and apartments. And remember, I can add the word apartments because the city – can negotiate with the developers when they want a zoning change to have them up the ante for what yeah. they would want. So folks understand, the city, when the, when the zoning is one way, the way city gets $80,000, say, from a hotel in order to let them change the zoning, it, city uses zoning to get money for affordable housing. They, I don't see how they can get enough money that way to actually uh, fund it. But well, that's that's the game. The game is you want to build a big hotel here, and the, and it's kind of the zoning is a little different. Then you've got to kick in money for affordable well, housing. One of the things we have to whatever the, whatever else the municipality the, wants. The city has a community plan, which is the overall goal of the city. In our plan, we want to have a priority of the city of Sedona is low income housing, okay, and apartments. So when the city comes back and they, they, you say, well, you're not listening to the community. The community is saying we want low-income housing. But when we go to build low-income housing in a neighborhood, they scream. Then they say you're not listening to us. We're listening to the big picture. What I say is the people we vote into office have to be the adults in the room. And just because the kids want sugar, you don't give them sugar. At some point in time, you have to say, I'm sorry, the community plan, the overlying plan for the development of all of us, we're going to have to vote against, we're going to vote for this project, even though you in the neighborhood don't like it. That has to happen. So we can listen to the community. It doesn't mean we have to follow their advice. Where do the people, Steve, who work in the hospitality industry, um, where do they live? Do well, they live in Sedona now like they used to 30 no, years no, ago? The reason we have a lot of traffic now at 4 in the afternoon, they're going to the village, they're going to Camp Verde, they're going to Cottonwood. They're leaving. They're, we have commuter traffic now. Two years ago, we didn't have commuter traffic. We had 2,000 people living in town. They went down the street and went up another street. So part of the problem is is this commuter traffic is going all the way out to the, uh, Camp Verde. And Camp Verde has got their act together. Well, we've got two minutes left. Um, Al, do you have some last words? And then we'll go to Hava and then maybe to Steve if we have. I, oh, I have some announcements to make. First, um, I want to thank Steve's a supporter of the show. His hotel, El Portal, is absolutely wonderful. 
each room and and uh, we've uh, done some recordings in some several different rooms. Each room is different, has its own character. It's quite a nice place. It is. Steve, the dog-friendliest hotel I've ever seen. Um, Door has a, a couple of events, and I think one of the most interesting is April 9th at 5 p.m. They're showing a film, uh, Quovadas Ada. It's about um, the Bosnian War. They're going to have a speaker joining them, uh, Judge Camille Biddles, um, and they'll be discussing uh, the Bosnian Serb, um, what would I call it, the the, the crimes commissions and stuff, the the war war crime commission. So that's a really interesting program. They're going to have a uh, uh, a breakfast on April fifteenth. I don't think they have a speaker yet decided for it. I guess who do we go for a last word? You've got well, one I'm, second. Uh, uh, one second is reality trumps. Uh, wishful thinking, and I think the community of Sedona uh, needs to work together um, to try to have a, a better place. Hava, you got one second. Um, gosh, thanks for joining us, guys, and um, I, uh, I really hope we can um, manage our growth. And change happens. All right. This has been a Democratic Perspective. We're glad you folks joined us. Join us again next week. I think we've got a really outstanding show. We're continuing our programs on criminal justice system. You've been listening to Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show focusing on the political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and our nation at large. Catch us every Monday morning after the 8 a.m. news, right here on AM 780 KAZM. It's beautiful out there, folks. Have a great day.